You know what Bobby was doing with the whiteout? Breaking the law, breaking the law. Breaking the law, breaking the law, breaking the law. Ah. Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where we really need to get Suelle on like a, a protective dog. My name is Mary. And I'm Sarah. I'm Josh. I'm Melanie. And you know what? Let's get her a chihuahua because those things are vicious. That's true. They're just like... Yes. That is true. Yes. Suelle and chihuahua <laughs> all the way. What are we all... Are we all, are we all day drinking like JR in this episode? Yep. I am. Drinking the whole time. I yes, it is spooky season. It's officially spooky season. So I am drinking Witch's Brew. Witch's Brew. <laughs> oh my god. I, I was just guessing. There you go. From and um where is it from? Lelanol. Oh, I think it's from Lelanol Cellars in Traverse City, Michigan. And your pump king should be coming out soon, right? <gasps> it should. I actually I should go I should go to the beer store. Because yeah. yes. I was thinking about today, I passed something in the store, but it the wasn't pumpkin. that, but it reminded me of you. And then we'll be back to the peppermint bark rum chata season. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's what, there's an imperial, like, I don't know if it's a milk stout or cold brew milk, milk stout that I saw in the fridge at Potent Potables the other day. And it, I got to get it. Like Steve said, it was like your, your basic bitch, you know, pumpkin, cold brew, whatever. But I wanted to try it. But that thing is like 9% ABV. And I oh was God. like, that's, that's going to be... That is a one and done, baby. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's last year. The first time I'd had um, the pumpkin in a while, I was drinking with my friend, and I blame that was I it? had just been sick a weekend before, and I was so fucked up. Yeah, you're probably like, I didn't realize it was going to do that. Was it the Imperial yeah. one? Yes, uh, the Imperial pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I had up. a couple of those, <laughs> and then um, did whiskey shots later, and it was. It was bad. Jesus, oh, you yeah, missed, that girl. There that, it is. That took you over the edge. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Let's just pound it down. What are you guys drinking? I have just won. I'm working on my Halloween costume. So, um, Ooh. I know. This is the first year in like five years. I'm going to be a, a flamingo. A flamingo? That's Yeah, cool. but I mean, but it is completely handmade. And I think it was, I get too many I Amazon packages. That. I haven't done one in like five years. Like, completely handmade and um scott said there's another amazon package i was like oh it's just my feathers and he goes what and i was like oh my pink and my white feathers are coming today and he was like i don't even want to know and i was like okay so then i finally showed him what i'm doing but there there was an episode of boston legal where james spader and william shatner thought they were flamingos so they actually wore flamingo outfits and at the end they were sitting there smoking cigars on the balcony dressed as flamingos that's what I'm going to do on Halloween night. I'll have a cigar and be like... Where's where's the scary part coming in? It's not. I, I haven't been a scary costume in a while. Okay. Well, I'm always, always a scary costume. I like scary. Think, I just haven't done it in a while. I think I'm going to bring back um, the one I did 10 years ago because it's now the 110th anniversary. I think I'm going to be a Titanic victim. Oh, I like that. Oh. I saw that on your Facebook, I think, a long time ago. Hmm. It's it's not too soon. It's not right. It's not. I mean, come on. It's about her ten years, guys. I mean, <laughs> it's not on. too soon. No. Yeah. God, think about where you were ten years ago. Think about where you were one hundred and ten <laughs> years ago. Oh, we weren't here. Never mind. <laughs> we're drinking some bourbon. Uh, bourbon, Melanie. Yeah. I've got one of my last cans of 
Lake James rind lager and I made a Mexican ashtray out of it to go with my burrito bowl. And this is like a seasonal thing. So if I want another one, I'm going to have to switch back to like Modelo or something. I like Modelo. It's okay with spice on it. (laughs) All right. I'll give a quick shout out to our Patreon members. Brendan Fillick, Captain America, Sheen Pie, Laura Bernheim, Brad Mahalan, Anita Wren, and Kristen Carlano. They went to patreon.com and checked out our extra content, which is chapters of the book Dallas by Lee Raintree. Uh, a lot of the shit that we cut out of this because of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like extra like questions that we sometimes answer and like extra stuff. We talk about the show and also like our sometimes like our notes that we take while watching the episode to record this and a bunch of other things so if you're interested in that check us out on patreon.com slash ewing bbq and wasn't there video of the charlene tilton lee mccluskey uh? yes it, the, the video recording of us doing the wedding episode for mitch and lucy with lee mccluskey and charlene tilton is on there so which was so much fun it was so fun and what, what's this little uh, purchase you made? Oh, yes. So, uh, so Patrick Duffy the and his lady friend, Linda Pearl, have started a company together, and it's called Duffy Stowe. And they're, so selling, cute. Um, they're selling packages of like a, I think it's a sourdough starter. And uh-huh. you can get, it's like a package. So it's like a sourdough starter with an apron and that says Duffy's Dough and a thing of a recipes from Patrick Duffy's family and a bunch of other stuff. And I got in on the first 200, so I'm getting a signed apron by Patrick Duffy because I, I, I had to. Like, it was, I think, probably ridiculous, but I just did it. And um, so I'm excited for that to come. And there's we, I, mean, I, I get linked an article that talks about the backstory of... Duffy's dough and um, I have to check that out. The starter kit actually is started with Patrick's mother way back in the day, and it is mm-hmm. continued oh, their, 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 to this day. Mm-hmm. So it's, from 1952. So, yes, yeah, so that's it's, amazing. I want to make some Duffy dough. My friend's going to be Patrick Duffy. Blessed. I'm, I'm super excited about um, it. Because um, I love to make bread. This is a fun fact about me. I actually really love to make bread. I've never made sourdough bread, but I usually make I make this no-need bread that's super easy to make, which if anybody who's interested in the recipe for that, I can post it. Before the pandemic, I was making this bread. If, um, if there's so, if, Fresh bread is so good. If there's no need bread, why do you need to bake the bread if there's no need? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, also, also up on our page is an article that the, uh, the Longhorn, which has been seen on Dallas, which was the uh, part of the festivities for the 40th anniversary. Episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. It has been saved much like south fork and we'll be reopening so we need to get down there i didn't even know that was uh i didn't know that, that until it was posted uh i'm so glad a, sh- that it a was shout safe, out though. a shout out to um another dallas fan terry cooklin um who was an extra in a lot of the episodes in the new series and uh he posted the article originally on his page cool yeah that was a cool bar oh it was we were- Able to go to. Like and next time when we're in Dallas, we're going. We're gonna hang yeah. out. And, and yeah. And pole dancing again. 
Oh, that's where my pole dance was taking place. Mm-hmm. Hey, it wouldn't be there if we weren't just to get on it. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> A couple of uh, birthdays. Christopher Stone, who played Dave Stratton, was born in 1940. He would be 82. Uh, I think he passed on a time ago. And born on the same day, October 10th, 1958, so they'll be 64, Karen Copens, who played Kay Lloyd, and J. Eddie Peck, who played Tommy McKay, born on the same day of the same year. Much like um, our Sarah and uh, Josh Harris, born on the same day of the same year. Hey. Not too much longer till my birthday. <laughs> also, Karen Hopkins, who was K. Lloyd, uh, fun fact for Spooky Season, she is in the movie Once Bitten. It's Jim Carrey's first movie. Oh. Before he was quote unquote Jim Carrey. Um, <laughs> and it, with uh, Lauren Hutton. And I was obsessed with this movie when I was a kid. I loved it. And it's, it's, it has some parts that, you know, like all 80s movies that are like mm, questionable, but I still enjoy it. It has, and I will fight over this, the best dance-off scene of any movie. Better than Teen Witch. Better than Teen Witch. What? Oh. Did you just say better than Teen Witch? Talk I did back. say better than Teen Witch. Yeah, I want to watch I, that tonight. Y'all, Tim Curry yeah. singing in The Worst Witch popped up on my Twitter timeline the other day. And <laughs> nice. I was like, awesome. oh awesome. my God, this is amazing. <laughs> Perfect. So who's in the dance-off in that movie? Jim Carrey and Lauren Hutton. Oh, it's both of them. Karen Capkins. Yes, they're all uh, having a dance-off. Copins. A-O-P-I-N-S, Copins. Sure. If you don't get it right, yeah. he's going to remind you every <laughs> single time. Just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um. So th- it's those two in the dance, or those three, you said? Those three, yes. Oh. I don't know why I don't remember. I guess it's been so long since I've seen the movie. At a costume party at a high school. Oh, okay. fine. So good. so good. I'm telling you. And it's Comic-Con-type conventions going on. Omri Katz will be in Motor City Comic-Con October 14th in Detroit, Michigan. With, I wish I would have known ahead of time. With the, hocus, with the Hocus Pocus uh. people. He will be in Salem, Massachusetts the following weekend for several events. That's where I want to go. And That's where I want to go. Mitch Pileggi will be down at Rhode Island Comic Con in the first weekend of November. That is Harris Ryland, obviously. So yeah. if you're in any of these areas, go. Yeah, go. Go. Go tell how much... Uh, Tell Omri how much you love Dallas so we can outdo the Hocus Pocus people. Yes, and ask very nicely for him to talk about his new business venture, his marijuana business, which is getting up. Does he like talking somewhere. about it? Yes, I had a nice long conversation with awesome. him about it in March in Connecticut. So, And maybe he'll be at 90s Comic Con. Uh, 90s con next March. I don't know because they haven't. Okay, that's what I'm going to ask. That's March, right? That's March. So far, they Where have. Where is that? That's in Connecticut, Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. The only people that have been announced are Danica McKellar from The Wonder Years, Dan Laria, mm-hmm. I think Olivia Dabo, mm-hmm. and some people from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, the ones they announced, I was kind of like, that's kind of worth going just for those people. Maybe, yeah. Wonder Years? Good to get Fred Savage and men, you know. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I don't think he will turn up. Not. I don't know. He's busy directing, though. My husband got to talk to him on a call once. He's busy getting fired from directing, but we won't go into that. What did he get fired from? Inappropriate behavior on set towards women. What? 
He, no! Little God munchkin likes to touchy feeling. From the new, from the new Wonder Years. He, from the new Wonder Years. Yes, he was banned from the set. He was fired. Holy shit! Oh, that's so disappointing. <laughs> it is. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Well, Another one bites the dust. Anyway. Mm. Let's not live in, we should not live in denial about our people. Speaking of denial. I know, we shouldn't. We, speaking of denial. Speaking of denial, tonight we're talking about season five, episode 14, episode 91 of the series. Denial. Harv thinks that we should try and convince Mama to have Daddy declared legally dead. Maybe this is a break you've been waiting for, Bob. Maybe Daddy left you the whole shoot match. Got no wife, got no daddy, got no son. Got no home to go to. We had a three million dollar deal. Forget it. Double lock your doors, call some attack dogs in, whatever you want to do, honey. But I guarantee you one thing: I'm gonna get that boy back until I do. You're not gonna know one moment's peace anywhere on God's green earth. Denial. It ain't just a river in Egypt. <laughs> it was written by Linda Elstad. This is really exciting. It was directed by Victor French. From Little House on the Prairie and Highway to Heaven. I used to love oh, Highway to Heaven. And he Me was too. he was recommended by Steve Canale for director. Oh, that's so cool. Mm. I love it. Um, and it aired January 15th, 1982, which is four days before my sixth birthday. <laughs> oh, you were a little thing. I was l- little Mary. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So also, um, on January 15th, 1982, the number one billboard hit in the U.S. was Physical, Physical. by Olivia Newton-John, which I think this is Jesus. the last week. This week okay, or so next that's week like, is the last week because it just like, keeps going. Everyone loves that song. I mean, I still like it, but st- I'm not going to. Damn. I feel like all those baby boomers were jazzercising to it, I think. I don't know. Oh, um, uh, yeah. The number one film in America was, um, and I, 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 I'm just going to be like almost every single one of these I've never heard of ever. Um, it's called Absence of Malice. Oh, I've heard it of that. It was starring, oh, you have? Okay. Starring Paul Newman, Sally Field, and Walt, Walter Brimley. Diabetes. Hmm. Diabetes. Um, and I directed, love him. <laughs> from Our House fame. And uh, directed by Sidney Pollock. Cocoon. Cocoon as well. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. New stories this week. Um, just to put us in the, the mindset of January 19, 15th, 1982. Honduras adopts its constitution. Air Florida 737 took off in a snowstorm, crashes into the 14th Street Bridge in Washington, D.C., and falls in the into the Potomac River, killing 78 people. That's Maybe insane. they shouldn't have taken and, off in a storm. You think? Yeah, seems like that was a bad idea. And this is, I only know about this because I watched The Crown. Mark Thatcher, son of UK's Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, makes his way home after six days missing in the Sahara. Wow. I bet you he was very thirsty. That was was a whole little story arc. I love The Crown. The new season is over. What season was that? Because I. Last season. Season four. I bet you he was very thirsty after he got home. I thought I got through season four. I don't know. It's it's with uh what's her face from um the X Files who yeah, plays Margaret Thatcher. Gillian Andr- Anderson. Yeah, I yes, just Gillian um, Anderson. Yeah, she does a good British accent. Part her, and, she was in three well, because she's, four, wasn't she? She's in Sex Education. She lived too. in Britain. Yeah, That's she true, lived in Britain. Yeah. She lived she lived between Britain and fun fact Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I'm living right now. Oh, 
Sorry. See, even the dog agrees. He's being an asshole. And on Dallas. This episode was number one in the weekly ratings. And we mentioned Victor French. Um, yes. Diane McBain, who played Sue Ellen's friend Dee Dee, played Daphne on Surfside 6. Lindsay Bloom, who plays Bonnie Robertson, was a former Miss Omaha, Miss Arizona, and Miss USA. Played Robert Urich's girlfriend on Vegas. Stacy Keach's secretary, Velda, on Mike Hammer. And Boss Hogg's niece on the Dukes of Hazard. Them Duke boys gonna get themselves in a real pickle here. <laughs> I love Dukes of Hazard. So why I started watching Dallas is because I watched Dukes of Hazard as a kid. That's what me too. Right it after. was like solid. No, no. It was like Dukes of Hazard, Dallas, and then Solid Gold came on, I think. Mm. I loved Solid oh, Gold. It was, it was, That's for my me, love. it was. Love of Dancing. Dukes of Hazard, Dallas, and Falcon Crest. Originally, it was the Incredible Hulk, the Dukes of Hazard, and then Dallas. And then yep. Falcon Crest came in, and then it yeah. kind of bumped up yeah, a little yeah. bit. And we switched channels and watched Knight Rider. The Incredible Hulk used to scare me. It did me too, but we would flip over and watch Knight Rider. I love Knight Rider. Um, okay. Yeah, and I feel it, like we can safely say that Dukes of Hazard was the gateway drug to Dallas. Yes, I believe you're correct. Oh. I'll Ooh. agree with that. Speaking of drugs, JR is day drinking. <laughs> He's day drinking through this whole goddamn episode. Mm-hmm. So we open on Bobby's office at Ewing Oil. And uh, yeah, JR is day drinking and totally ignoring all the buzzing by Sly. Yes, because there's um, Mr. Hutton is out in the uh, re- reception area. He has, supposedly has an appointment for a $3 million deal that was set up a month ago. I guess so. We, we also learned that this is two weeks following the events of... Jobs. We do. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like JR's not shaved. Like this I feel like you can tell that it's um just a hot mess JR um TM um because he has like <laughs> a stubble. He's no longer a functioning alcoholic. He's he it's he's so he's gotten to the point where he's like tipped over the edge and this whole episode he's like like how much have you had to drink, sir? Like you cannot go all day without like how many fifths is he putting away? So he's a dysfunctional drink alcoholic. Drink some water, please. He's a dysfunctional <laughs> alcoholic. He's stumbling. He's stumbling through every scene. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, how man, how so much of that would would have been Larry method acting uh, by pounding I down? I don't know. <laughs> That's, I was wondering that as I was watching it. Like, oof, I, it's like a free pass. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like even a functional alcoholic, as an actor, would have right. to put some effort have into to. that. <laughs> Right, right, because right, right, right. Yeah. he wouldn't be remembering his lines. True. You'd be well, surprised. Unless. <laughs> why, 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 do you think he, why do you think he improvised uh, a fair amount and added things? Uh, <laughs> it, just ha- it just happened to be that he was funny and he had good like one line right. singers. If, really if he was a shitty actor, then they would have been like, you're fucking drunk. Get off the set. I mean, I feel like as, <laughs> and of course I'm, I'm not, an actor, but I feel like as long as you got the general gist of what the writers right. were trying to convey, if you ad lib or just kind of like do your own thing, if you're still getting the message across, then let them do it. Like that's their craft. That's what I'm saying because like, it's him. But like, like a lot, jo- like a lot jo- of writers will get pissed. Like Joe Pesci in Home Alone, with all those all the times he was getting beat up, he was improvising and just making up grumbling sayings oh, really? the whole time. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I always think about musicians. 
and how like, so I played cello for a number of years and I could barely play it completely sober. Like I can't imagine being <laughs> You're like, like a musician. Peter Griffin with the piano. <laughs> I, like how can guy. you play all those people be so like drinking alcohol on stage and making it sound okay. I don't get it. They must be so talented because why, that would be yeah. this hotness. Why do you think the Who smashed all their instruments in the early years? Because they were on drugs. Yeah, and, think about right, all those eighties. Play them bef- yeah. before they smashed them. And, yeah, and, but and like all those eighties hair bands, they were all fucked up when they used to play. All mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah, and they're playing like, you know. It was a fact that during solos or instrumental breaks, Roger Daltrey from the Who would go backstage into the dressing room and be flushing every other member of the band's drugs down the toilet. Oh, and they kicked him out of the band for three weeks. They kicked him out of the band for three weeks yeah get around their so, drugs yeah yeah anyway so anyway so drunken jr calls drunk calls his ex never a good idea jr uh, but luckily she's not home mrs <laughs> chambers answers the phone oh yeah her new n- nurse uh mm. one's all fancy now Mrs. Chambers. So then we come back to Bobby in the office, and because they're trying to find Jr. and he slipped out. There's what? Did you catch those guys' names who were in the office? They didn't give names. Uh, just Mr. Hutton in the reception area. Okay, they're supposed to sign papers for a like a huge deal, and they can't find Jr. And um, they're like, "Well, we can't like can't we just sign without him?" <laughs> Bobby's like, uh, we can't because like, he's the president. Like, I wish we could, but I don't have, I literally don't have the power to do it. And I want to say this is a little heartless when they say, cause he's like, he's taking our dad's death really, really hard. And they're like, yeah, but it's been two weeks. Life goes on. I'm like, dude. Yeah. That yeah. was a little bad taste. Like, yeah. Don't heartless. say that out loud. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. Like, Ew. Get, but yeah, don't say it out loud. Jeez. Rude. How rude. Thank you, Stephanie Tanner. And then it just, the situation's just super stressed and because they're trying to like peer pressure Bobby into like making something happen. He can't do it even though he wants to. And then Harv calls and he's like, hey, can I have a meeting? And Bobby's just like, uh, come, to, come to the house tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Very stressful time at Ewan Oil, I must say. Very stressful. And then we cut to Sue Ellen arriving home with her... I've never seen this from before, right? Didi? The superficial Mm -hmm. Didi. With, okay, these are some fancy as fuck ladies. They're coming in with their, like, mink coats, and they're, like, 17 bags (laughs) (laughs) from a day of shopping. It's nice to see her getting out and doing stuff, but then when Didi goes to leave and then, like, pokes her head back in the door, and it's like, you're coming to dinner, right? I've got the most divine man I want you to meet. It's like, oh, okay, okay. forced companionship, here we go. Yeah, Great, thanks. I like one that, Sue Ellen has a lady friend. Mm-hmm. That is so finally. nice. I'm glad. Finally, has a lady friend, and it's not um, one of those. It seems like she generally enjoys her. It's not one of those fake DOA ladies that they have the exactly. It's someone she actually likes. Yeah, um, but yeah. And Didi's like, you have to come over for dinner because there's a guy, and someone's like, uh, okay. And then it's raining, and Bobby pulls into South Fork, and that's uh, Pam and Lucy are in the kitchen, and they're kind of like. Is it normal that Ellie isn't really crying over Jack's death? I think she's in shock. She's still in shock. I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and 
her choice choice of words and when referring to jock in this episode should be taken note of too yes his absence Mm. i just i also find it really strange how pam is like suddenly the 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 resident psychiatrist like well she had all the time in in therapy she was was instantly cured like everything's she's fine she's fine i'm fine nothing here to see here and Lucy's like talking to her, like me so much, you know. Oh well, Pam's like, oh yeah, well, th- you know, blah, blah. it's like really, like, how many episodes ago were you like, like Sarah says, in the nut house, like, right? You were on the edge of the roof <laughs> of the building, ready to jump. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, get in there. Yeah. And we should mention there are cards all over the table from sympathy cards. Yeah, for yeah. Jock. And Ellie doesn't want to see him. And Lucy was like, I can't, I don't, I didn't know that granddaddy had so many friends. I'm like, it's not always friends that send you cards in those situations. It's business acquaintances. It's Uh neighbors, just people like sympathy cards are a thing. And sometimes I swear it's just like a gesture to be like, Oh, you finally died. Like, it's like, like (laughs) seriously, no, no, you ever, you ever notice all the people that show up to like a relative's funeral that you just like, didn't think would ever have that kind of turnout. And you're like, okay, how many of you guys are actually like here to see if she's really dead? Like, (laughs) there's a mixture. Like, is that, is this, is this bitch dead? Okay. So my family still does the thing where when someone dies, they take pictures of the dead body. What? Mm-hmm. Do they have a death yeah. book or what? Uh, the dead, dead pictures. This is my uh, family. What? It's, the reason, it's the reason I'm sort of goth is because my family is super no, like that. Like, that um, was a when, thing. You're, when you're done, I want to ask you a question about this. Don't forget. That was, that was a thing like back in the day. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yes. Have you ever yes. seen the movie oh, The yeah. Others? Mostly Victorian times. Yeah. Watch it. Is, yeah, is, that, is that why there is a picture of Elvis in his coffin? Yeah. People told Because mostly in Victorian times, it was the one time you could get a picture of your loved one. Because they're dead. So mm-hmm. you would take a picture of like the family with the dead body. It was like the Book of the Dead so family, or something like that. Yeah, Merry my Christmas. Family still took pictures of dead people. So when my grandpa died, my mom's dad, um, who was questionable, um, they my dad was in charge of taking pictures. And my dad was like, he had it covered. He had like 37 angles. All, all, all the things. And my mom was like, wow, you in the car. I was nine years old in the backseat driving home from the funeral home. And my mom was like, wow, you took a lot of pictures. And he said, yeah, I want to make sure the bastard's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's always what my dad would have said. But have you, Josh, you've never seen like um, a, a book of the dead. There's a couple of different ways they used to do it. They'd like take oh. pictures of dead people mm-hmm. like you know how there'd be multiples like they'd line them up or kind of and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, they'd be obviously dead but then there's other other instances where, where they'd them prop them up open uh-huh. their eyes and make them look like they were or paint eyeballs on top of their yep. eyelids so it looks so like their eyes so are their open. mouths shut i mean just like it's called post-mortem photography i'm it, a part of some facebook groups it reminds it reminds some me of them, you can totally tell which ones are dead it's it, just it's mm-hmm. so fucking creepy it reminds me of the great outdoors when they went to the lodge to eat and um john candy had the kids gather around the guy that was having the, the old guy that was having the birthday and the son oh, yeah. over goes yeah you don't want to 
you don't want to get too close to him. Uh, he, he died on the way over here, and we didn't want to cancel the party, so they just propped him up. And John Candy's like, oh, kids, kids, that's disgusting. Go wash. What's that what? other movie? Do you guys oh, remember the episode of, De- of was it Desperate yeah. Housewives where Larry was on there, and he, yes. he died in the middle of dinner or some yes. shit like that? Did he, like, die on the couch or something? Sitting he the- died, like, he was at their house or something. And it was, yeah, and he, like, died. It's, I can't remember, really but I remember weird. him being on there. Mm-hmm. He had some weird uh, roles later on. Yeah, because Tom like, and Lynette had to figure out how they were going to get him out of the house. Like, <laughs> like his nip tuck role. Yes, nip tuck role was messed up. Yeah, which makes uh, two degrees of separation from Dallas to Family Guy because, other than Victoria Principal Patrick Duffy, but his wife on Nip Tuck is the voice of Cleveland's wife on Family Guy. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. So back to the kitchen. Okay, where were we? Back to yeah. the kitchen and the cards and the. Yeah, yeah. So Ellie's done with the sympathy cards, and she's just like, "Hey, can we just move these out of the way so that we can eat in the kitchen?" Which has <laughs> never been done before on the yeah, show. Yeah, she's just Sorry. getting pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Now, the only time I remember anyone eating anything in the kitchen up to this point was when. Bobby and Gary were in the old kitchen in like episode six or five or yes. no six or seven. Yeah. Or like middle of the night snacking when, when episode three, when Bobby is um, playing with Charlie's doll in the kitchen, in the middle of the night, something like that, you know? Oh yes. But not, not a full meal. Full meals are done in the dining room. That's yeah, right. I've never seen me in the kitchen. Hmm. Like yeah. a meal. Hmm. And Ellie does comment on uh, Pam and the baby and this stuff. The baby, yeah. She's just talking about anything and everything except what's the white elephant in the room or the dark elephant in the room. Uh-huh. Denial. Uh-huh. Denial. We'll just keep saying that every time. Denial. Uh-huh. Somebody got to... JR has, is sleeping at Serena's. He's and, in bad shape. And she, she wakes him up because it's after two and she thinks he, he needs to go home, but... He's like, I don't have anybody to go home to. I got no home, mm-hmm. no wife, no daddy, no kid. It's a JR pity party. And then he pulls the blanket back over and goes back to sleep. <laughs> She's just like, uh, okay then. Hope I hope she made him pay extra. I, know. I hope so. I mean, she, she, <laughs> I hope so. That, that's time that she could have had other clients. That that's is her time. time. Yeah. Right, hmm, and he's her monopolizing time. her time, so he needs to really pay for her time. Seriously. Yeah, exactly. So we got to Bobby um, the next morning, pulling up to work Drink. in his good spot. Drink. Um, and Bobby wants to have words with Jr., but Jr.'s hungover as fuck. So <laughs> I love when they make him like that. Yeah. Should I buzz him? Don't bother. <laughs> Uh-uh, yeah. Mm. And he's literally like, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it isn't. What are those? The um... Alka-Seltzer. So he's just like, oh, you want me to sign papers? Cool. Signs it without even looking at it. Stumbles out of the office. It's like, Bobby, mm-hmm. you could really use this to your advantage. Like, how many times has he done that to you? Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's like, here, JR, just like sign the company over to me, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's the ticket. Yeah. He never would have been the wiser. Yeah, Bobby's too good. Yeah. This weird shot 
establishing shot of South Fork is kind of weird. The sun is kind of like on part of it. Look, almost looks fake. Could be. Maybe it was. That's just my observation. And they've used it before. They used it in the, uh, hmm. I think it was the episode where JR met Dusty at Cowboy Stadium. Oh. Okay. Cowboy Stadium. The Cotton Bowl. Um, so Harv shows up for his meeting at the ranch. And he shows up early. Because he's is, like, hey, Ellie, we need to talk. Is she making trying to make soup or something in a big pot? Was she cutting vegetables? It looked she? like she was making a salad. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Like a big old salad. Oh, but this was a this was bad judgment on Harv's part. He shouldn't have It was. He was trying to be he was trying to do the right thing, I think. He yeah. was, but her state of mind, like you know, and they don't think of these things, but men don't think of these things. Sorry. Like I would have maybe called like Bobby and been like, how's your mother doing? Is she in any shape to talk? Like, exactly. Can I go see her before you guys get home? Ellie Southworth Ewing has a reputation for being a hard ass. She's resilient. Oh, okay. So resilient. So he thought she'd be fine. She keeps like, she can handle it. She uses a horse whip. She keeps a shotgun in the hall closet. She's, He's underestimating how she's going to react to this, which you never know until it happens to you how grief is going to hit you. So you don't, you know, Mm. exactly. Some people go on autopilot. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Ellie goes on denial. Um, So he's there. He's like, hey, (laughs) Ellie just offers him coffee. And um, he's so he's just basically like, look. I want to talk to you before the boys are here, and I we really need to not run the the company needs to not be run like how it's being run. Like that was good in the short term when Jock was gone, but if he's gone forever, we need to like institute Jock's will, and to do that, we need to declare him legally dead. And uh, Ellie ain't hearing that. She ain't hearing the uh-uh. D word. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. She no, will no, not discuss no. it. Thank you very much, and get the fuck out. And you'll notice. Keep your eye. A lot of these scenes with Ellie and the denial and the stuff going on related to take place in the kitchen. They do. That's a good point. The kitchen, which is kind of the heart of the house, if you will. Right. They, that's exactly right. That's what David Jacobs mm-hmm. uh, intended on Knots Landing. A lot of scenes took place in the kitchens. Oh, really? Because that's the center of cul-de-sac life, is kitchens and barbecues. And well, when you think about it, like if you have a party, whenever we have a party, everyone ends up in the kitchen. Yeah. Just hanging mm-hmm. out in the kitchen. Yeah. That's always, always how it's for here. For whatever reason. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I remember, so, yeah. I remember when we had, uh, after my brother had passed, I remember going into the kitchen and Visitation after someone dies is always weird because it's people from different mm-hmm. facets of your life that shouldn't know each other, and they're it, in this. And uh-huh. being, being a video person, it is it's, odd. You're looking mm-hmm. at it like it these. You're getting this cast of characters that are in the same scene that shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Like yeah. I walked in the kitchen, sure. and one of my coworkers that ran a TV studio on the other side of the state was in the kitchen with my sister who lives in. Colorado, and they they were trying to figure out how to open this bottle of wine that was stuck. And I'm go- walking in, I'm going, "What? What is <laughs> this? Like, what? Why do you two oh, know right. each other?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I get that. And and of yeah. course, being being in production stuff and analyzing these things, you're always looking at these things like movies and scenes and casts and 
She did. Uh, so yeah. But she does invite him to stay for dinner, and yeah. He's, and he's just kind of like, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, and she's like, well, I'll make your apologies to the boys and tell them that you were here. Yeah, and that's one of those like, don't fuck with Ellie Ewing, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the moment. It's a lot of drinking in this episode, including Ray, Raymond Krebs. Yeah. So Ray's drinking and feeling sorry for himself again because Donna is out autographing her book at like an autograph party, being this successful, uh, amazing person he, that she is. He needs to get over himself. <laughs> he needs to totally get over himself. I can't. I can't. I just. One of our listeners asked me to like give Ray a break, and yeah, I'm trying, but. Fuck, dude. Like, he needs to get his shit together. I'm not giving him a break until he stops being a fucking puss about asking his wife for things. They are married. They are joint. They are together. They are 50-50. And I'm not going to give you a fucking pass for being a crybaby either. Sorry. And when Donna's like, what's, Ray, what's wrong? I'm like, girl, you know what's wrong. It's what has been wrong for weeks, even before Jock died. Like, he had his head on for a minute to go find him. But then when he got home, sad just yeah, yeah, sad sack. Yeah. Downward spiral again. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Hopefully their marriage lasts, <clears throat> unlike Tom Brady and Giselle. <laughs> they were married 13 years, dude. And they... Pretty are, good run. Yeah. And the divorce yeah. lawyers have been called as of today. Cool. Shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, when, so Donna gets home, and then, yeah, Ray's just drunk and being stupid and belligerent and then he tells her that her publisher called and her book is number five and rising and he's just kind of like being a dick about it and then so he's been waiting and so she's apologizing that she's late whatever and then it's obviously like he's been waiting for her to come home so they can hang out so she's home and then as soon as she gets home he fucking leaves he's like yeah i'm gonna go hang out with the boys yeah we'll get something even braddock Okay, so he basically, like, waited all that time getting pissed. Also, he's pretty drunk already, and he's going to drive away? Okay. Mm. It's not like he could call an Uber back then. True. <laughs> but he's basically waiting so he can walk out on her. Yeah. It's just, like, that's a dick move. Right. All around. Yeah, no, Ray doesn't get any breaks right now. Sorry about Mm-mm. it. No, yeah. No. Nope. Not until he's, he proves himself he's worthy making- of it, and he hasn't yet. He's Ray, making one bad decision after another. What uh, do I hear a bell for Ray Krebs? Oh, yes, you do. Uh, this next scene is the most tedious, superficial dinner party I have. Ugh, everybody is so like. I hate everyone at that party. Except I said this party is trash. Yes, they're, yes they're, this, they're party, totally this party sucks. They're, this party sucks. This party blows. Trash party. Here's all, a bell for the trash party. They're, they're all fake, and it, it almost reminds me of a middle school dance where the boys were on one side of the room and the girls were on the other side, and there's a punch bowl in the oh, middle. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> every yeah. single exchange, every single fucking conversation at that party was, I'm going to say it right this time, cliche, campy, mm. and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the women are like, Oh, like, did you did you see her new lover? Oh, like, a lover. She's she's older and he's younger, and oh, like he's sleeping with her and she's sleeping with him. And Sue Ellen's sitting there like mm, weird, and the guys are yeah. just like being strange. 
And then and talking then, about like cheating on their wives with their secretary, and they're like, "Yeah," nudging each other, and like, Ugh. and then okay. the and then, and then in the turn, d- the women are like, "Oh well, did you see that new guy? Like, I don't know what they say, the new pool boy, something like that." Something they were talking like to, that. Yeah, 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 I don't know. And then all of a sudden, here comes like a knock on the door, and there's Tom. Tom like he's Tom stereotypical Fli- Tom. Tom Flintoff. Nice guy, Tom. Fli- Tom Flintoff. I'm going to yeah. call him Nice Guy Tom TM. Nice guy. T- nice uh, guy. He's a nice is, guy. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Yes. Oh, he uh, is the nice guy. The quintessential nice guy. The, the nice guy. Miss- he's good looking. And Sewell looks at him like, okay, I'm not, not interested. Okay. Mr. Flintoff. Mr. Flintoff. Yeah. Let's, let's leave that party. I just, I feel like I need to wash after that party. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of washing, here comes Bonnie Robertson. Ugh. Yeah, she runs into Ray at the Longhorn. I didn't know he was did, talking about. I, I didn't know did he, they used to date? I, I'm getting the feeling that they got used to or date. Or at least, at least hook up because he was like, I got married. Yeah. And she's like, I heard. I, yeah, <laughs> that's totally the vibe I'm getting. She, I, I don't see her as one of the boys. Who are these boys that he's having dinner with? Well, oh, he does say he's having dinner with the boys, but I think that was a cover because he's just leaving because he yeah, wanted to he walk just, out on Donna. He wanted to go. He wanted to go to the bar, right? Because he wanted to drink where he would power move where he wouldn't get nagged by somebody at home. Nagged? I don't think Donna so. doesn't. Nag. She was not nagging him at all. Well, he no. he he wanted to he wanted the power move of walking out on her because he has issues. But, she wasn't and, nar- nagging at all. And, no, and uh-uh. but, but this is you haven't seen nagging. But this is this is Ray. He could interpret her as nagging. Could, but he'd be wrong. Donna's but not going to do anything right has, in his eyes right now. Has has, has he been yeah, right? Has he been right about anything up to now? No, no, and, not that, once. My point exactly. Then he would think she was nagging him. He can think that all he wants. So he's fucking stupid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm getting the feeling that he and Bonnie used to hook up. And mm-hmm. so he's like, hey, FYI, I got married. She's like, yeah, I know. I've been following your wife in the papers. Uh, that's like that's like me like keeping my uh, guy's ex on my radar. Stalking their, inst- yeah. stalking yeah. their social media not, in 2022. I'm not stalking her, but she's got some uh, serious issues. And I need to keep yeah. her like keep the crazies close because you never uh-huh. know if they're going to fucking explode. But for Bonnie to do that, it, it's like Bonnie is doing it in reverse because, I don't know, like to keep tabs on your hookup's wife for what? I think that maybe it's hard to avoid, though, because she's been in the paper a lot. She has a really big book. Maybe it's hard to avoid seeing their names in the paper. Right. It's so funny, though, because, OK, they used to hook up and it seems like a casual thing. But Bonnie seems maybe a little more like she was a little more invested than Ray was. Oh, yeah, probably. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, she was a little more into him than he was into her. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, yeah you're a good time. You're a good girl, but... He, mm-hmm. she, to, him, right. to him, she was just another, like, notch on the bedpost and that sort of thing and just move on. Just a, and, yeah. like a Saturday night Special. fun time, right? And she was... <laughs> sure. Okay. Not necessarily. Um, like, and, two, two consenting adults can have a ton of fun hooking it up, but then when one of them yeah. gets feelings... It's feelings. It's a... Yeah, it can be a thing. Yeah. Feelings, nothing more yeah. than feelings. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like she's she she caught some feelings, and she's mm-hmm. trying to be cool about it. That's what I'm getting. And he says, "We'll just have one for the road, one yeah. 
Okay, right. Drink? One dozen drinks? Yeah, left to interpretation. One entire evening of drinking? (laughs) So we get to Cliff's apartment where um, it's obvious that there's some post-coital action right now. He's um, wearing a bathrobe and getting milk out of the refrigerator. Post-coital. You did. It's Cliff and Afton, and she's, like, getting ready to leave, and and he's like, oh, my God. Like... She she's doing the thing. She's like, "All right, I, you know, we've done our thing. I'm going." And he's he's basically turned around and looking at her, almost like, "What? Uh, you're not going to stay and cuddle with me?" Kind of. And it's like she's like, mm, "No, no, I'm going home. It just isn't happening tonight, and I'm going to be at my well, place." Well, it already happened. <laughs> he says he has problems at work, and she leaves. But his problems are not problems at work he calls sue ellen on the phone uh, uh-huh. and she's just come in and she's come back from dinner and they're talking on the phone and her doorbell rings and it's nice guy tom who now becomes creepy tom because uh sue ellen wanted to go home alone and he followed her to her house which is kind of disturbing right after she had said she wanted to she made it clear she wanted to go home mm-hmm. alone and right. um, she wanted to Macaulay Culkin. Is... She wanted to go home alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, then he calls bullshit on that. And he's like, yeah, we both know that's what you said just in front of your friends. And she's like, he's like no, a minute. You said shit. No. And then, and then she throws him out. And he goes, I give you, you've been divorced a month. I give you another month and you're going to be coming for me. It's he literally like, tries to attack yeah, that, her mm. like she's like she she i felt really gross about this because that could have easily Ended up turned as, into just sue ellen just being attacked right i didn't want her to hang up on cliff because i, I wanted her to like go cliff like call 911 or whatever like help yeah. me there's a creeper in my house. You gotta have a lot of fucking nuts balls to come over to somebody's house and be like, you know you want me. Fuck you. Really? I, fuck you. And it's like, you're gonna give... be calling in a month. And it's like, she has another guy on the phone right now. She doesn't no, fucking ring the bell. Ring the bell. Can, 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 Tom. can we give Tom the bell and the horn? And the horn? Yeah. Right, dick. <laughs> nice guy, Tom. He's and he's a he's told. I mean, Melanie's right. He's totally the guy who will be like, "What? I'm just a nice guy. Why doesn't anyone want to date That's me?" That's exactly why you creepy fucker. Ugh, fuck you. <laughs> Lesson to be learned. Yeah, and the, yeah. I'm looking this actor up. His name is Peter Brown. What a common name, Peter Brown. Sounds like a children's book. Born uh, October fifth, nineteen thirty-five. Died March twenty-first, twenty sixteen. Hmm. Oh. Like, hmm. 1925? Peter Brown. 1935. 35. Still, 35. he's a little bit older than I thought he was. Is he on? I'm. Well, no, this was 1982, so he was in his early 40s. I don't see oh, him. God. Oh, God. I'm, Tom is stupid. Here's a time is stupid situation. So we were at my son's football game this past Friday night, and they wished the class of 92... Happy 30th class reunion. Okay, I thought that's what you and I saw on your thing, but... 
So my husband and I decided we didn't care how math works. Like, that was just rude. Yeah, I mean, okay, if it's 92. <laughs> no, it is 30. But I don't care how the math works. That's stupid. That should not be 30 years. <laughs> Sorry. That should be like 10 years. So whatever. So Peter Peter Brown was actually a character actor. He actually, oh, no, wait. He actually was on, um, played Dr. Greg Peters on Days of Our Lives in 669 oh. episodes. He looked like, I mean, that's probably where I know him from there. Dr. Greg Peters. Yes, Greg Peters from 1971 to 1980. And then he had yeah, guest spots on Dukes of Hazard, Fantasy Island, Dallas, Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo, Magnum P.I. Heart to Heart, T.J. Hooker. A lot of the shows that were big at that time, Fall Guy, Riptide, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that is our creeper, Peter Brown. Yeah, I'm going to look him up. Now... Bobby doesn't like what's uh, about to happen here. Uh, Dr. McWright's office is calling about, um, they're looking for Christopher's medical records. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And he lies. <laughs> he lies and says he has them. Oh, yeah, they're right. They're right here. Oops, sorry about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Where are you going to come up with medical records, Bobby? Are you going to friggin' forge them, yeah, for God's sake? He's sakes? just pulling shit out of his ass. <laughs> he's, like, he's like that. The visual. You've already it. bought like, a child. <laughs> now you're going to try to forge documents. Uh, yeah. And this is not this is not Bobby's lane. He's not comfortable with any of this. He's terrible at lying. He's terrible at it. Just, he shouldn't be doing yeah. any of this. It's like the bad magician, like... Professor Hinkle in the Frosty the Snowman cartoon, and they're pulling everything out of the hat except the rabbit, and they can't find the rabbit. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, I'll pull this. Out. Yeah, oh no, wait. Uh, yeah, oh, uh, 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 and it's it's fail. It's failure. Yep. Okay, Bobby. Yep. Let's see how you're going to deal with this. Yeah. All right. So, he so goes, then he cuts cuts to him like at, talking to his buddy Eric um, Eric the attorney. Eric, the attorney, who's like, so you're asking me to falsify documents? And Bobby's like, no, I'm not asking you to do that at all. And it's like, narrator, Bobby is asking him to falsify documents. <laughs> you dumb idiot. <laughs> so what names would be on the medical records and the birth certificate right. if mm-hmm. the child is adopted? And he's, Eric's like, I'm not giving you any information for your quote unquote friend to do shady shit. I'm not telling you this. And Bobby's like, but say, just for example, you were. <laughs> for example, you can kiss my ass because I'm not telling you this. But the, right. the, birth, but then par- he does. the birth parents' first names. Just the first names. Which, actually, I don't think that's how that would be. Because if you adopt a child, they give you a new birth certificate in uh, your names. Right. So that and says that you birthed the child, which is wait, weird. Who does and we know, that? We know how... That's what that what they do. They give you a new birth certificate that says that, you, like, basically you birthed that. In child. every state, they do that. Even if you didn't, you adopted them. <clears throat> I believe so. But I learned this through tracking down my original birth certificate in Ohio when they were unsealed in 2015. Now it becomes very easy in that state. If you were adopted, you just send the you state the original and you get the original, and it has. Like Baby Smith on the mm-hmm. thing, and that's my mom just got hers. My mom's eighty three, and this a couple months ago she got her original birth certificate with her biological parents' names on it, and that is a big deal. Hmm. 
I, I have to pull mine out again. Oh, no, wait. It had my birth mother, but it did not have a father. But the father we found out through 23andMe. But 23andMe has become this pain in the ass because they send you these emails every week going, you have new relatives. And it's like oh, fifth yeah. and sixth it's cousins. It's like your third to fifth cousin. Yeah, and I'm going, like, well, I don't care about that. Just go away. I don't want to know it. I, about, know. I don't care about those people. Yeah. So Only if they're close cousins, it really matters. Right. But, first, I mean, that's first and second. How I found my and, mom's half yeah. sister. Hmm. I want to find somebody I didn't so. know I had. <laughs> so, what is Bobby going to do with this information? I wonder. Mitch and Lucy have a scene together today in a restaurant with a lot of plants. Yeah. There are a lot of plants. And basically, like, he's giving her advice on how to move past grief. Which is a really nice thing. I kind of like their relationship right now. Right. And she says they even get along better than when they were together. Yeah. Which I'm, you know, I wasn't sure about the relationship. Like if they were together, like they were trying to be together or if they weren't. But I guess this answers that question that they're not really, they're like still close, but they're not together together. Right. They're, see where it goes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. See where it goes. See where it goes. And then she's like, so basically his advice is like, you got to find something that to live for that's beyond this, something that's bigger, something that fulfills you. Like, say, maybe, a, I don't know, a job. No, he, <laughs> yeah. he tells her, to get, <laughs> tells her to get a real job. And it's like. Yeah. It was almost unknowingly a backhanded slap at her modeling career. It was kind of, he didn't, I don't think he meant it that way. But That's why it says it was an unknowing backhanded because he didn't know yeah, he yeah. was, it wasn't intentional, but right, I, yeah. I, I, and watching it, I was just like, Ooh, God, he just <laughs> shot down yeah. her entire career. Like, Whoops. <laughs> right. But I do think it's, it's no matter what it is, it's good to have something that you are doing that you feel important and like you're doing something worthwhile. Right, so, he, and after his father whether died, whether that's modeling or whatever. Yeah, and after his father died, he threw himself into his studies, which gave yeah. him direction and purpose. Which makes a lot of sense, and why he was so intense about it. Like maybe it was still the reaction from the grief that was pushing him. That could be. I mean, we don't know off camera how far back their father died. How long? Ago, yeah, how uh, long ago that was. Yeah. Um. Okay, so then we cut to Jr. stumbling into the kitchen <laughs> Thank you. in the morning. Thank you for using that word. And Maselli is just like aghast that he's not at work yet. She's just like, "What are you still doing here?" <laughs> and um, but he's still bad, drunk. Jake. I think he's still like I don't even think he's hungover. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's he's still still drunk. it continues uh, from one to the other yeah. day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think this is going to continue for the foreseeable future, the way he's going. Yeah, he's this. I'm I'm just calling this hot mess, Jr. Because and you know it's mm-hmm. hot mess, Jr. When he has stubble, he has stubble, hot mess, Jr. Yes, and he's uh, Pam and Ellie are with Christopher, and Ellie tells him to Jr. to go to work, and she refers to Jock as gone but not dead, like when your daddy left and. You got to run the company, company, and things are in place while 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 your daddy is away, and it's like, what's that word again? Denial. Denial. 
Denial. So then JR calls Sue Ellen and there's no answer. Because he sees... Calling his ex again. Drunk calling his ex again. Right. Bad idea. But before really he left bad the kitchen... Idea. Before he left the kitchen, he, he was... Trust me. He was looking at Ellie and Pam with Christopher, and it's like... He's just like, oh, I got a kid somewhere. I got to go find them. Get my kid He's back. missing his son. Yeah. And then Bobby runs into... He's walking into work as Sly and Phyllis are leaving for lunch, and it's really awkward. Yeah... Is the office empty? Oh, good. I can do what I'm about to do. He's so obviously up to bad news. And they're like, oh, hey, did you want us to, like, stay long? He's like, no, no, no. Oh, no. You guys go out. That's fine. There's no. It's fine. He's so bad at it. This is not his lane. It's like the kid coming home to sneak alcohol from high school or some way until the family's gone or sneak weed or. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not doing anything wrong. <laughs> As Officer Barb Brady would say, nothing to see here. Everybody move along. Go back to your mm-hmm. homes. Nothing to see mm-hmm. here. Okay. So then let's talk about this. So Bobby goes in. Office by himself. He takes white out. Thank you to Michael Nesbitt's mother for the invention. White, he just literally whites out Kristen's name and then... Doesn't even wait for it to dry, I might add. Like, blows on it once. That shit takes a while. It'll be dim in and crusty and. Yeah, it's just, yeah. And then he types over it on the typewriter, which I'm impressed he actually knows how to use a typewriter. Jane. Um, And Jane. Okay. Um, So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he at least takes that and makes a copy of it. To give to the pediatrician because otherwise this is totally like obvious as fuck that you just falsified that. Like if you make a copy, if you like, if like maybe a graph, whatever, that'll be at least like one more generation. So it won't be so. Yeah. Obvious. Maybe copy right. it twice. Maybe. I, and right. I, we don't see what he typed for last name. I really hope to hell he did not type dough. He probably did. Cause he's an idiot. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I don't know. Doe or Smith. A row, who, you know who knows. Ugh. Oh, Bobby, 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 you're, Bobby, Bobby. Bobby is more like booby in this uh, scene. He's being a boob. <laughs> he's many things. He's a PI. He's, he's a um, a psychologist. He he's went, all the things. He's not he, a really good criminal. He, went, he got Lucy mm-hmm. off the drugs really quickly. He, yeah. he, he rescued her from. Give me that. You're healed. <laughs> Miraculously. That's right. Miraculously healed. So then we cut to Don and Ray. Punk stops over. Punk Anderson. He is one with the fashion, isn't he? He is. He's really good with the fashion. He's a stylish motherfucker, honestly. (laughs) 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 Stylish motherfucker. Stylish mofo. Stylish motherfucker. He's got a new deal for, for Ray to work on. He's so excited. He's bouncing off the walls. When, you know. He's like, where's Ray? I want to talk to him. I want to talk to him. And she's like, yeah, he's still sleeping. <laughs> he was wasted as well. <laughs> Why don't you get, bring it to the real Ewings? <laughs> the Ewings. Yeah, he stumbles out, still drunk. Half button shirt. Uh, open. Uh, disheveled. Yeah, just, Yeah. 
And just pity, pity party Ray, pity party Ray. I can't, I don't know how to do nothing. And so then Punk's like trying to make him feel better because he's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, okay, yeah, you made mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Like literally I've made mistakes. That's how you learn and get better. It's not right. a big deal. Like you just move on to the next deal. Yeah, I'm not and, interested. And it's just like, not me. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just a dumb cowboy. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> that's, funny. that's what I should do sometime. I gotta get the picture of Sarah sometime with the horn. Not right now. Not right now. Yeah. And you can hold up the bell and sit there going like that. <laughs> it has a smiley face on it. <laughs> so then uh Harv, who's been trying to talk to Bobby for I feel like days. Finally gets to talk to Bobby. So was the theme of the war- <laughs> I just have to ask this question. Was the theme for the uh, wardrobe department this episode disheveled? Lots of disheveledness. Yeah, yeah. JR and Ray. Everyone's, and- everyone's a hot mess. Yeah. Everyone. No one's doing good after the death of Jack. Everyone's just fucked. Except Bobby seems okay. Bobby actually seems all right for once. The Jock cock. Bobby and then Pam's fine. Which is fucking Pam's crazy as fuck. He has a baby. <laughs> Ah. She's a baby. She's fine. And Bobby's cool, but everybody else is. Isn't that fucked. weird? She's a crazy when she's fine. Bobby's been lying and not being himself the entire episode. He's fine. Hmm. That's true. Crazy. That's true. Yep. Okay. Crazy. Got to go crazy. Um. So yeah. So fi- Harv finally gets to talk to Bobby, and so he's like, uh, trying to reason with Bobby. Like, look. It's the same spiel he gave to Ellie. Like, look, we need for the business because this isn't a mom and pop shop. Like, this is Ewing Oil is a big deal now. We need to not do what we're doing. We need to like institute Jock's will. We need to declare, and to do that, we need to declare him dead because we don't have a body. So, yeah, right. Which is smart, though. Even though you don't want to hear it, it's still smart. Crazy as a fox in a hen house. That's the saying I was looking for. That's old Southern saying. Oh, yep. That's right. That is. Yep. And into the middle of this discussion, stumbles in Hot Mess JR. Disheveled. Disheveled. <laughs> Stubbly and drunk. Disheveled. And he's just like, ah, oh, maybe this is the break you've been looking for, Bob. Uh, maybe Daddy left you the whole shooting match. <laughs> Good luck getting Mama to go. Good luck with getting Mama to go along with that. Out the door. Boom. And he literally. Drunkenly laughs and stumbles out of the again. <laughs> or in Hackman or must have had fun playing this part right here. <laughs> it must have been, yeah. It must have been really fun. Oh, I can imagine the outtakes. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Bobby just is like, ah, oh, shit. So that's where we leave that. And then we cut to Cliff at work getting a call about his well. And then he gets a reservation for the Cattlemen's Club. We presume it's Ewing Six now. Barnes Wentworth One, because but they don't say it in this conversation. They don't say it, but you know we can probably. Assume. Is that the only well they have, though? I think. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. He doesn't say goodbye to the guy on the phone. He just hangs up the phone. How rude. Learn some phone manners. People Cliff. do that a lot. Yeah, it's pretty rude. Yeah. And that intercom yeah. to the secret to the receptionist outside looks so. Friggin like ancient. I mean, that's 1982, 40 years ago. True. Yeah. Now, this scene coming up gives me a little bit of a Twin Peaks vibe for a moment. A Twin Peaks vibe? Yes. In what sense? 
Well, Lucy is wearing a blue rose, and uh, Roger is going to set up a meeting with Blair Sullivan, played by Ray Wise. I was like, why does that name Blair Sullivan sound familiar? Oh, I'm so excited. But And I did not notice the blue rose, so you get extra points. Dun, dun, dun. Long before David Lynch thought of the blue rose and Twin Peaks. Long before. I mean, seven years before. Yes. So I, I wow. That's duly exciting. picked up on that. <laughs> I didn't. I'm ashamed of myself. And I'm surprised that you didn't. I mean, I did not, obviously, but for you to not pick up on it. I didn't because I, I mean, I didn't. Yeah, I did not pick up on the Blue Rose. And um, yeah, I forgot. I knew that the name Blair Sullivan was ringing a bell, but it could kind of, it's been a number of years since I watched the whole series. Yeah. So. And he, and he will make his debut next week. I'm excited because Ray Wise is amazing. He'll make his debut next week. He was also on the Colby's and Knott's Landing as well. He's been on so many things. He's, and he plays, um, he played the devil in a show called Reaper and he is like the best devil mm-hmm. in the world. He's, he also played, he's super creepy. He also played the vice president on 24 at one point. Hmm. And um, yeah, he played uh, Spiros Corrales. I've met him. He's really nice. Spiros Corrales on the Colbys, the Dealer on Knots Landing, and Judge Jim Stinson on Second Chances. Oh, and Edward Burton on Savannah. So he has a nighttime soap uh, pedigree. Oh, yeah, here. he's been so busy. Yeah, I'll have to post the picture next week of when I met him. Oh, please do. We'll we'll talk more about him next week though. Back to yeah. Lucy in her, in her blue rose. Back to Lucy <laughs> in her blue rose. And she, Lucy, she's looking at um, the pictures in Roger's studio. She's really impressed by his photography. She's like, wow, you're really talented. And, you know, this is yeah. like, she's kind of jealous that he has a talent like that. And I'm like, Lucy, you could pick up a camera and take pictures. You could do it. You should try. But she wants a good working she's relationship totally with her photographer. And she thinks that they, they have a. She's met him like what twice now. She thinks they have a good relationship. I mean, I, a lot of times you can you can get a vibe from someone. Don't. You can not always accurate, but you can get a vibe that you might work well with someone. Uh, as Freddie Mercury is just saying, you don't want to rush headlong into this. You you don't. No. Um, but they make plans for her to model for him. So that sounds creepy. Right. She gonna, seems really excited. He's going to set up a meeting with Blair Sullivan. I'm going to model for you. Then we cut to Cattleman's Club, where Cliff buys JR a drink of bourbon. Because he's still day drinking. Because he's still day drinking. Yeah, yeah. And he just, like, brings it over, puts it on his table, and uh, he thanks him for Ewing 6, because it was supposedly a dry hole, but it's producing pretty well right now. And what does JR do? A dry hole. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I can't help it. Dry hole. Yeah, he just picks up the drink and just like pours it into another glass. He's just like, ah, I'm getting out of here. And then he stumbles out the door. Too. <laughs> just like stumbles past Cliff. They have to okay. cut. They have to cut to the lobby where he he kind of stumbles a little bit before he walks off camera. It's so and he's good. really drunk this whole episode, isn't he? Mm-hmm. The entire thing. Yeah, yeah it's cracking. And you. then this next scene, this next scene, there's a lot to unpack in this scene. So Ellen is leisurely reading her book in her condo slash apartment situation. She seems to have gotten over Tom Flintoff quite quickly in his Yeah, she's just yeah, she's she's brushing it off. She's like, I'm taking time for me. I'm reading a good book. No this more is di- great. No more no more dinner parties with Dee Dee and her fake group. Yeah. Right. And doorbell rings. 
But, okay. So she answered it, and in stumbles a crunk JR. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. Unpack it, Mary. Unpack it. Here we go. Okay. Go. So, first he says, hey, I expected you to be at South Fork when I got home. And she's like, okay, yeah, but I couldn't really do that because I didn't feel comfortable. And remember, we're not together anymore. So I it's wasn't really going to do that because I didn't feel comfortable. It's over. No, shit. Right. And she's like, because it's over between us. And he's just like, it's not over. It'll never be over. Basically, and you're like, mm-hmm. you're like but okay. it is. Um, and she's like, no, no, no. We're done, man. And then he gets belligerent and scary and a little violent. So she said, shuts the door. She said two men get violent with her in this episode. Two men. She needs a fucking taser. Is he like, I don't know how I missed the part with, with Tom, but I wanted to deck that guy. Yeah. So that guy, yeah, we, 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 we said nice him. guy. Tom became creepy. Tom. Oh God. He <sighs> creepy, creepy. But also JR oh. becomes even worse. Cause JR like shuts the door, gets in Sue Ellen's personal mm-hmm. space. Very threatening. Like using his body language to threaten yeah. her. Talking about, and and then verbally threatens her too. He, and then verbally threatens her. He, he says that his daddy died disappointed in him because John Ross wasn't at South Fork. Right? What the so fuck, untrue. dude? He's got some. He's got some issues. I've been trying to impress my daddy my whole life, and like he died and like disappointed in me because I wasn't strong and didn't like you took my kid away. And it's like, whoa, 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 dude, that's JR. I, I think Jock had other things on his mind when the helicopter was plummeting into the lake. Yeah, like don't think, lose my medallion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, couldn't hold on to that one, could you, Jockey boy? Yeah. Who's like, gonna who's, just so many daddy issues? Like who who's gonna be the new jock cock? Yes, agreed. Uh, you hear me get uh, We just like we we knew that he had issues. We knew he had daddy issues, but this is just showing like how fucking deep those daddy issues are and how fucked up they are. And like oh, he's yeah. like making her she doesn't know how to react. Like she's you can tell she's afraid. She's like like she doesn't know what to do. She's almost in like um freeze situation fight fight or freeze because she's just standing there with like tears running down her face and he says like you'll never know peace on this god's green earth until i get my son back and she's just like what the fuck and uh god damn poor sue willen two men attacking her in the same episode and in the way back recesses of her mind she probably knows that jr is grieving sure she does but that doesn't make it any less scary right right? because he's done shit to her before right but he was aggressive like in this though i guess she knows what he's capable of she knows what he's capable of she knows he's grieving so these things are clashing and she's like this is not my week i've I've had two men attack me in less than 24 hours Um, I, maybe maybe she should wear a different perfume or something i don't know i mean poor suellen yeah, it's not her fault. No. It's, not, it's not what she's wearing. Just saying that. Right. <laughs> no. No. So then we cut to Sue L, or we cut to South Fork and Bobby's up thinking at like three in the morning in the dark and like his thoughts wake up Pam, basically. 
I thought to wake up Pam. (laughs) He must be alive. He's thinking too hard. He wakes up Pam. You're thinking too loud, Pam. I mean, Bobby. (laughs) Too loud. Too loud. Maybe it's the smoke coming out of his ears from the thinking process. Maybe. Yeah. And And so she's like, what? What's that smell? Oh. Oh, it's. There's a burning smell. Bobby, are you you thinking? Yeah. Bobby, don't think too hard, baby. Don't think too hard. Um. So he tells her, like, look, I have to talk to my mom about declaring my daddy dead, and uh, I'd rather not, but I really need to. And he talks to her about it. I like that they're actually talking for once. That's nice. Isn't it weird, though, that, like, right now, this crisis, they're actually talking? I mean, it is. It's not. It's it's like the first time in their marriage that's happened. Mm Mm-hmm. And they've been right. married for what, four years now? Right. She couldn't tell him no, that yeah, she couldn't years. have a baby. She had to make this whole big thing out of it. And then he couldn't talk about or that the, her mom was alive or and he yeah, could, all this stuff. He, he couldn't talk about the stuff at, at work, the this yeah. and that. But now 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 that now that daddy's on the bottom of a lake in South America, resting in peace. No, they're talking. They're talking. Yeah. That's good. That's good. But isn't it funny right. how this crisis right. for him, she's like really there for him. But then whenever she was like, I think I found my mama. Da, 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 and he's like, oh, I've got to get back to work, you fuckhead. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. She, she's totally. And, and yeah. her craziness yes. right now, she's actually being a good spouse and like trying to be like, are you okay? Can I help you? And he was the one that was like, I can't get you for lunch today. Got to go back to the office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven days she jumped out of the building. He had to yeah. go back to the office until they found her. Right. Anyway. He, he, he couldn't join in the search. He had to go back to his yeah, no Senate shit. office. Yeah. He didn't have the fucking time. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't take it. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. So we cut to morning. Yep. God. I wonder if Bobby actually got any sleep. Um, but he did come down in those very little. jeans and that shirt, and it was unbuttoned a little. And He looks good in this scene, though. I'm just going to say. <laughs> and that was Mary, not Sarah, this time. <laughs> Does, <laughs> you haven't learned our voices yet. That was not Sarah. <laughs> I just really noticed it in the scene. I was like, all right, Bobby, maybe the worry looks good on you. Mary's a little horny right. tonight. <laughs> uh, I Somebody, somebody turned the, somebody turned the cold hose on her and just cooled her down. <laughs> so he begrudgingly comes down in the morning and he's just kind of like, Ugh. you can just tell. Ellie's like, what's wrong? He's got to talk to Mama. It's time. Yeah, it needs to be done. It's time. Is he scared? Is he scared, or is he just like worried he's going to like upset her? I think both. Like, I think he just doesn't. That's an awkward conversation to have and to, like, say out loud, like, you know, our my father is dead. Like, that's hard as it is. And, like, having to convince your mother. Can, who's uh, not, but if you declare I'm dead, can you always, can you do a reversal if they're found? I would think so. If they can prove that there's a lie. I don't know. Seems like it. I don't know. Yeah. And as soon as she hears the word dead. She breaks down and says, no. Her face oh, falls. Yeah. And then her, her line, this is Jock's home. We're Jock's family. You're Jock's son. And she goes, I'm Jock's woman. I love and, that. And these are, we live by the rules. See, I was like, what in the blue fuck, Miss Ellie? You're his, his woman? <laughs> the blue fuck. So, so, sounds, like a piece, right? sounds like a piece of property. I'll be your woman. 
I thought it was kind of like a. I don't know. I thought she said it like I'm as woman. Like it sounded kind of it's, sexy to me. To be honest with you, it's very. It was very like d- desperate, like mm-hmm. desperate uh, desperation, like hanging on like, to the yes, last clinging. little yes. bit, clinging. Yeah, clinging. Yeah, the last little bit, and then this is becoming reality now. Yeah, and she's she's does not want to give it up, Mm-mm. and so no, she says, she, we will live by the rules that that. He he's he created for this family and he's alive, she says. You can have him alive in spirit. As long as I believe he's alive. Yeah. And it's oof. It's just it's sad. And it is. Like, oh, it's he sad. feels so bad for her. But also also this scene with Queen Barbara Belgetti's is just magic. Yeah. And it this and it, whole her soliloquy is just off the hook. It's amazing. And, and it's another all bow down. It's another discussion about Jock being dead taking place in the kitchen. And we freeze frame Ellie crying. Um, and we have to drink twice because the freeze frame is not JR. And really, we got to drink three times because that was like a Miss Ellie talk. What that is it called? She, emoting. She was emoting. Emoting. It was with words, but. It was amazing. So, so yep, there you go. And, and scene. So I'm going to give this 4.25 bourbons and a taser for Sue Ellen. Taser. Girl needs one. I'm going to give this a 4.0. And I am going to, it was a throw, it was a toss up, but I think I'm going to give uh, Ray a fucking box of Kleenex. So stop being a fucking baby. <laughs> And he can keep those the rest the of the fucking season. <laughs> Get him a carton at Costco. Very interesting. <laughs> this episode had its moments. You know, Ellie's soliloquy at the end and JR stumbling through the whole episode. But it just, it seemed as disheveled as JR was. It just seemed a little weird. In some, all over the place? All over yeah. the place. So I will go four and I will... An electric razor so JR can shave that stubble. That's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm going to give this a 4.0 as well. And JR needs like all the liquid IV. Yes. Drip drop. Drip drop. So true. So true. Drip drop. And, drip drop. and really quick, yeah. Opie has to tell what he thinks. Opie, what did you think about this season? Tell him. Liquid IV. Is that, is that those packets of stuff? <laughs> Tell him again. Yeah, yeah. It's the powder and the electrolytes. It's, the it's, it's like Gatorade. Powder. It's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I drink it a lot. It's so good. Thank you for joining us. Uh, join us on um, our Facebook group and Instagram and Twitter and our Patreon. And we will see you next week. When we talk about episode 92, Head of the Family. Bye. Y'all come back now, you hear? You know what Bobby was doing with the whiteout? Breaking the law, breaking the law. Breaking the law, breaking the law, breaking the law. I fought the law and the law. I fought the law and the law won. I fought the law and the law won. Never. Next on Dallas. Such a good deal. Go ahead. I can't go ahead without you, and you know it. Seems to be the story of your life, doesn't it? We'll have dinner together tonight at 7, the way we used to. Oh, Mama. JR, 
I'm asking you to pull yourself together. Come here. Now look at yourself. There's a problem with JR. JR is having a very hard time. If we want to keep Ewing Oil running, I may have to step in as president. 